It's October, and if you're anything like me, you're a big fan of scares, thrills, horror movies, and a bunch of spooky shit, especially around this time of the year. You get your nice Halloween decorations up, you carve a pumpkin or two, and you just enjoy the month. That's just how it is. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. We're, um, we're going to keep things horror-themed for the month of October, just, just for fun. You know, uh, like I mentioned before, I'm a big fan of horror movies, horror stories as well. Now, what do I have that hasn't been done a million times already? I could talk about serial killers. I could talk about John Wayne Gacy. I could talk about... What's his name? I could talk about... Ooh, there's so many people. There's so many names to choose from. None of them are coming to mind. Uh, I guess I could choose Charlie Manson. I could pick something that you've heard a million times before. That's the thing. I don't want to do that. I don't want to repeat the same story over and over again. What I'm going to talk about is the unsolved case of Charlie Chopoff. If you've never heard of him, neither have I. We're going to go ahead and do a deep dive. We're going to talk about this guy. And here's the thing. This case is unsolved. Remember that. Um, good luck trying to sleep tonight after hearing this one. All right. We have quite a lot to go off of in this specific case of Charlie Chopoff. However, before I even start, viewer discretion is heavily advised. If you have um, any kids in the room, please, I, I, I don't want I don't want anyone listening to this who'll be uncomfortable. There's murder involved, there's children involved. It gets bad, okay? This is the first time I'm going to talk about anything like this on the podcast. Usually, um, the previous one was just paranormal stuff, and that's fine, but this is an actual murder case. So, anyone squeamish, leave the room now, pause the podcast, go watch something else. I highly encourage you to just do anything else, you know? Crochet. Maybe make some tea and sit by the fire, read a nice book. Three, two, okay. Three second countdown. Three, two, one. You have been warned. In March 1972 was the first murder. What was the exact date? All I have is the, the month. March 1972 was the first murder of Charlie Chopoff. The first victim was eight-year-old Douglas Owens. He was found dead in Harlem, New York City. It was a gruesome, very, very gruesome death, unfortunately. Very disturbing to read about, actually. Again, anyone squeamish, this is your last warning. All right, good. He was found with 38 stab wounds on his chest, his abdomen, and his neck. He was found... Jesus Christ, this is disgusting. He was found stabbed 38 times. He was found in a compromising position with his shoes taken off. This was the first murder. And as of now, um, in the case, there was um, nothing to go off of aside from a gruesome child murder, which is unfortunate. And my heart goes out to the, the victim's family. However, every criminal knows that child killers and child rapists are the lowest form of humans. I'm actually reading this a bit angry, knowing, knowing I'm going to get heated reading about this guy. Charlie Chopoff, you fuck. I hate you. I don't know who you are, but I hate you. Now, 
I would go into detail about what happens to child murderers and rapists in, in prison. Uh, for those of you who do know, you can go ahead and skip a few seconds. However, I'm going to go ahead and let those who don't know, people who attack children and end up in prison actually have to be put in isolation because other prisoners will target them specifically. There is one thing you don't target and that is the innocence of a child. You never fucking do that. Every other prisoner will find you if they find that you are hurting children and they'll just kill you because they consider you lower than the lowest form of scum. You are considered less than useless. Even trash has its place in the world, but you don't. You must be dealt with. That's their philosophy. It's really bad. Anyway, continuing on Charlie Chapo. April 20th, 1972 was the second murder. Again, the victim was found in a hallway this time in Harlem, Harlem, New York City. This one is far more gruesome. Uh, this unfortunate child, um, we're gonna leave his name out of it because this is, um, I don't wanna, I don't wanna piss anyone off, but ugh, I hate that I have to read this. Charlie, what the fuck? You're disgusting. His genitals were removed and he was found in a park, and they were found in a park elsewhere. As in, the child was killed, he had his genitals removed, and the murderer, Charlie, ran off with the genitals in his hand. Um, the, the worst part about it isn't even that. It's that this sick fuck actually left the genitals in a place where children would find them in a park. And the most disturbing part about that is they only found out when there were children playing with them because they didn't know what they were playing with. Fucked up, I know. Jesus Christ. Um, Charlie Chopoff. Um, you... You fucked up on this one, actually. And let me tell you why. Because even though the child had his genitals removed and was stabbed multiple times, this one survived. This child survived that horrible, gruesome stabbing, bleeding everywhere. I'm genuinely shocked that he did that. And, oh my goodness. This is getting me heated again. Um, I, I fucking hate child murderers, rapists. You, you guys are... Fuck you, honestly. This child was two years older than the previous child. However, because he survived, this child was able to give a description of the person. The victim describes the attacker as a thin Italian man with a mole on his cheek with poor hygiene. He had bad breath. He was a piece of shit, genuinely. You know? Um, unfortunately, this... Okay, you, I'm trying to take, I'm trying to keep it serious here, but the fucking, the composite sketch that they first released looks exactly like Mick Jagger, the singer of the Rolling Stones. Um, like detail for detail, that's exactly what he looked like in his youth. That does give you a good visualization of what they first started um, looking for. They looked for a man who basically looked exactly like Mick Jagger, uh, but he had a mole on his cheek. Only one, and poor hygiene and bad breath. Wendell Hubbard, the third victim identified by his mother. This child did not survive the killings. He was found in October of 1972. The boy was stabbed 17 times and he was found in just, just a terrible state. Um, he was found in a compromising position. I won't go into details as to why, what, what that means, but that, it's unfortunate seeing that. And the more I read into this, the more I hate this fucking Charlie Chopoff. The, the more disturbed I get that this person was never found. Police weren't able to find a link to the three killings though. There was no evidence found in the sites. 
There was no witnesses aside from that one boy's description. And this next uh, event happened in March 6 of 1973. Um, kind of awkward that this happened on my birthday. Charlie, you could have picked a better date. Seriously, what the fuck? Why on my birthday of all places? Of all times? You, you dick? Although I wasn't born in 1973, so you get a pass. No, actually, no, no, you don't. Fuck you. Luis Ortiz, a 10-year-old boy, abducted in broad daylight. This time there was witnesses who saw the, uh, the person, which is good. This, um, this made it much... It's not good that it happened. It's good that they saw. They were able to give far more detail about this man, Charlie Chapa. Um, they were able to describe him in far greater detail because there was m multiple, multiple people who saw. There were police meetings that were held because no killer was found and these children were being targeted all throughout Harlem in 1973. It was a gruesome time for the parents. It was gruesome for the police and it was far scarier for the children. Charlie Chopop's gonna get you. That's what they would say. They'd walk around. They'd, they'd have to enforce that none of them interacted with any strangers, got into cars with them, talked to them. Things like that, you know? Back then, that wasn't as common. Back then, I guess it was um, far easier to just talk to someone. You fucking Charlie asshole. I really hate Charlie. Fuck that guy. Charlie Chopoff was actually given his name by the local children. They began calling him that, and the media heard it during one of the, the meetings. It actually stuck. They heard it, and they thought, okay, we have no actual name for this person. We have a uh, few descriptions. Charlie Chopoff is what we're going to call him. So that kind of stuck around. Uh, Charlie Chopoff. It's, it does kind of roll off the tongue, I won't lie. Um, it does sound also a bit sing-songly, so I imagine the kids were singing about how Charlie Chopoff was going to come after him. There's already three victims. One of them survived, although he's not surviving well. <sighs> and what surprises me, right, is that this happens in... This happened in New York City, so everyone knows that New York, they have a lot of people there. It's a big city. And when the description finally came out from these people who, um, who were able to witness the abduction, 150 suspects came to, came to mind. New York City is a big, uh, big city, everyone knows that. After 150 suspects, not a single one was found. And the worst part is, just a month later, August 17th, 1973, another body was discovered. This time, it was unfortunately eight-year-old Stephen Cropper. However, this is where things start getting a little unusual. It's almost as if a copycat killer had witnessed that the person previously wasn't getting apprehended. He wasn't being found. He wasn't being caught. Most likely, this was a copycat killer. However, it is important to bring this up because this was happening during um, just a month after the previous murder. This victim was slashed with a razor blade multiple times, but this time the weapon was found directly underneath the boy's corpse. Steven, th this, is, this is what surprises me actually. Steven was only missing for an hour. He wasn't gone long, it was only one hour. That, that I must imagine is a parent's absolute worst nightmare. I don't have kids, but Imagine your child just goes missing and within the hour, that's, that's, that's all it took. 
fucked up, I know. Something to think about whenever you're hugging your kids. If you have kids right now, give them a hug. Call them, tell them you love them. This is disturbing, but you know, it's October. It's a spooky month. We gotta talk about this. This one detail did come up after this boy was, um, was found. All of the boy's shoes were removed and they were placed by the bodies of the killer in a very side-by-side fashion. The way you take your shoes off and you put it into the door when you're done with the day. Although, I'm imagining this sick fuck had a sick sense of humor. Just like the, um, just like the other murderers that we hear about. I live really close to several prisons, so I'm, I imagine... I imagine there's far worse things that I could be talking about. I'm talking about something that happened in New York City in 1973, and it just drives me up the fucking wall, you know? It's just pissing me off hearing all these things. And even sadder is that despite working on it constantly, police found nothing or no leads aside from a few who were ruled out. So amongst all these grieving families, scared children and even more scared adults, there was a killer walking among them. And this description of a person, unfortunately, led to so many people coming out. They, were, they, were, um, they weren't coming out on their own. They weren't saying, I did it. No one would say that. They were ran out of their homes. It was, it, was, it was a terrible time for all these people with a killer walking amongst you. A killer among us. And the worst part is the residents just became more and more furious with the result because the cops were trying their absolute hardest to apprehend and find this guy, but he wasn't fucking easy to catch. This man is evil. This man targets children. Anyone who targets children is evil. I, I don't know if you've realized how I feel about people who do that, but fuck you. In fact, it was so bad that a riot almost broke out when a lead ended up not being linked to the killings despite the man matching every single description. There was a man found and he was brought into the police station for questioning, but he was accounted for. He was acquitted of all charges and they found out that, yeah, okay, this wasn't the guy. He looks just like the drawing, but this isn't him. They called their alibis. They made sure everything was fine. This wasn't the guy, but that didn't stop rioting from happening. They almost rioted anyway. They surrounded the police station where this guy was being held at. They refused to leave and they didn't want him to to get out so what they did the cops got a police uniform they put it um they put the innocent man oh that's a bug <laughs> um they put an innocent man in in the uniform and they escorted him out unfortunately it didn't work they immediately saw him and recognized him and they were like that's the fucking guy right there they put him in a cop car and they drove him away and the riders were still surrounding the building it was um, it was a it was a bad time for everyone at that day, you know. A rioter, a, a riot, anyway, is honestly very well called for in that situation. I do not know what I would have done, but I guarantee you, it wouldn't um, it wouldn't be all that peaceful. I'm, I'm all talk. What the fuck am I saying? They actually refused to leave surrounding the police station. They just did not want to leave because their children were being targeted and they were pissed. And I fully, fully understand that, trust me. That is something you just do not want to do. You don't want to, you don't want a child rapist getting out amongst the streets, you know? It's sad too, because um, as I was describing earlier, one man who was matching the description actually was ran out of his neighborhood. 
they chased him. They ran. He ran away, and he had to dive into a river. He jumped himself just to avoid the mob, because they were chasing him, just angrily, ready to kill this bastard. But it wasn't him. Or maybe it was. Because the thing is, things start coming up after that event that did really make me raise an eyebrow. What happened next in this case was really disturbing um, to one family in particular, the Soto family of Harlem. The thing is, the first, not the first, who, who are we? The boy, Steven, his killer eventually came forward. However, he was not linked to the rest of the stuff. And let me tell you why. Here's where the case gets a bit weird. And that's why it's unsolved. This is the part that made me raise an eyebrow. Erno Soto was charged with Steven's murder. Why? He confessed to it. In fact, the thing is, he was the most likely of leads. He came in on his own accord, actually, and he admitted to Steven's murder, but not the rest of them. He told them, God told me to make boys into girls. That's what he was talking, that's what he was saying. The thing is, this man was really mentally deranged. I mean, I'm talking really fucked up in the head. This guy had several mental problems. He came from a family that was really disturbed. Something that had happened in his marriage really caught him off guard. He separated from his wife for a few years. And when they got back together, she had a child with another man, which in his mind, for some reason, didn't click. He raised the boy on his own. Uh, not on his own, you know, with his wife. Up until his eighth birthday, which Erno admits to starting starting to hear things in his head. He didn't know if it was his conscience or God. Who really knows in this weird world? The thing is, the, the most likely of leads were ignored because now they had Erno Soto because he matched the description and he admitted to stalking children. He does come from a troubled mental state, but the thing is, after after he confessed, he, he was committed to a mental institution where he remains to this day. After police apprehended this man, the murders did stop. But others were still being questioned, and he was never acquitted. That's the thing. He was never... Um, they never pinned everything on him, so he only admitted to killing one person. The rest of them just, I guess, quote-unquote, disappeared in his mind, despite the fact that he just confessed to this shit. Jesus Christ. And the worst part is, Erno Soto was actually so mentally ill that it is possible that he just wanted to be associated with a murder. He was so mentally fucked up, he just walked in and he wanted to appear as if he was the one who did everything. So because of this, because of all these facts that I just told you, this murder, all these murders, technically remain unsolved. Did the killer stop? Yes, but that's because they made an arrest. Most likely the killer saw that and he thought, okay, I'm going to back up. But that's the thing. If there were other bodies, they just weren't found. One final tip for you people. Just... Be careful, because nobody was ever convicted in this. Anyone in NYC around Harlem? Harlem, was it? Yeah, Harlem. I was pronouncing it wrong. Forgive me. But yeah, anyone around there, 
be careful. And if you have any more information on this, please let me know. My DMs are always open. Uh, I recently changed my Instagram name. So it's just Meat Wheat Pod instead of podcast. Meat uh, underscore wheat underscore P-O-D. You get it. It's right there. It's open. But we do have plenty of time. So why don't we look into another case? This one, the Midnight Sun Killer, James Dale Ritchie. This is the serial killer who you people might know out of Alaska, where the sun almost never sets. And when it does, it stays down. Let's take a look. Anchorage, Alaska, November 12, 2006. 4.30 a.m. Police officers are called after a man sprints out of a taxi to refuse payment. Anyone from Anchorage, Alaska, you know what I'm about to talk about. And um, I'm not looking forward to it, but it had to be said. Officer Salau drives towards the taxi, where he spots a man walking down the street, and he's asking the man if he saw anything. He is following him close by with his um, with his cop car, and the man's refusing to slow down, basically ignoring the police officer, as if um, as if he couldn't hear him. Maybe I believe Officer Salau might have believed maybe he had headphones, maybe he couldn't hear me, so he get, gets on the megaphone and tells him, "This is the Anchorage Police. You need to stop." The man does stop. Unfortunately, he turns around, walks towards the cop, the, the cop car, and he shoots Officer Salau at point-blank range four times. The thing is, Officer Salau, the, the goddamn hero, fueled by adrenaline, pulls out his gun and starts returning fire. Quickly, there's a firefight. Luckily, there's a cop nearby who does witness this, he does hear the shootout, he quickly aids and they take the man down. There is footage of this happening. Um, it's online. There's a dash cam footage of Officer Salau in that fateful night. Quickly after the firefight ends, Officer Salau was rushed to a nearby hospital for his wounds. Despite being shot at point-blank range four times, Officer Salau survived. That, that, that man is a hero for what he did, honestly. That's fucking insane. I mean, come on, man. Like, who would have survived four shots at point-blank range? Officers fill out. Holy shit. That man's incredible. But you're probably thinking now, who the fuck is this guy? Who, who shot at a police officer at point-blank range? And who started this firefight? Well, let me tell you. James Dale Ritchie. That was the shooter. This is a man who, despite having a decent upbringing and education... He threw it all away. This man was educated. He went to university. He was tall. He was athletic. He, he had everything going for him, basically. Um, until he ended up in the drug trade, which was only part of what he was doing. Here's the thing, right? That started in him something that was a bit darker, more sinister. We never know what makes men tick. We never know what goes on in a man's brain that eventually he'll snap. And unfortunately, on July 3rd, that's when it all began. That's when the murders began. July 3rd, 2016, Anchorage, Alaska. Two bodies are discovered in, in a creek near a bike path in the area. Keep that in mind, the bike path. These people were murdered in in cold blood, there was actually no connection with the person. 
these were just unfortunate victims at the time who were walking down a bike path late at night. The bodies discovered were of Jason and Brianna, shot in cold blood for no real reason whatsoever. Days later, in the early morning hours, 21-year-old Trey was shot multiple times when biking home, dying of his injuries. This one kind of struck a nerve with me because Trey, when you look in his history, he was a good guy. I would have been friends with this guy. I mean, it's, it sucks when good, when good people die. Especially someone, I don't know, someone like Trey. The more I learned about him, the more I thought, this guy kind of reminds me of some of my old friends. I might call him later, actually. Trey was a good man. His murder was witnessed by many people. That's what surprised people. It was witnessed by three key witnesses who actually gave a very detailed description of James, uh, the, the killer. Keep in mind, all of these murders were done with the same weapon. That is a key point in this. The murderer was actually once friends with the boy's father, Trey, Trey's father. This was most likely a coincidence because Anchorage, Alaska, it is a big city, but it's not that big. Small world, huh? And now, August 28, 2016. Brian, um... An environmentalist, just bicycling down a path, actually witnessed a murder when cycling in the early morning. The person being murdered was 34-year-old Kevin Turner, a homeless man. Schizophrenic homeless man who, he wasn't in a bad mental state. He was just, he was just living in the park and it, no one was bothering him. He wasn't bothering anyone. He wasn't doing anything bad. He was just there, just sleeping. Brian was Brian was unfortunately seen witnessing the murder. So both of these men were killed by the by the serial killer. By James Dale Ritchie. Um, it's a long name, so I'm just gonna call him James. Here's the thing, right? After this, three murders already. Four. Alaskan police now teamed up with the FBI after the murders began because the thing is, they already knew that they were dealing with not only a serial killer, but a very accurate one. That was the scariest part about it. The serial killer was dangerous, not only for his mental state, but how well he was with a gun, with no regards to witnesses. The man was basically crazy. Everything going for him, he throws it out the fucking window, goes into this drug trade, comes out mentally fucked up, just starts killing people with a coal. Uh, it's the type of gun he used. This The scariest thing for well, actually, no. This Here's the thing, right? This was actually a key point in it. I mentioned it earlier, but the thing is, they were all done with the same gun. And those are only the murders that we know about. Well, there could definitely be way more. This man was scary accurate with a gun. James, you you psycho. You're, you're dead now. That's the thing. That's the key point in this. Out of everyone that I talked about, or out of the other person I talked about today, this person was actually caught after he died in the shootout. He, he was murdered in the shootout. Which, you know, rest in piss, you piece of shit. The gun used was the missing link for all the multiple investigations in the area. Because the thing is, there was absolutely nothing linking any of these people. They were just being murdered in cold blood in Anchorage, Alaska, where when the sun rises in the summer, it doesn't set for about 17 hours. So 
there's very little there's very little darkness to work with. Luckily, when he was killed, the son of a bitch, James Dale Ritchie, when he was killed, they found the weapon and they started determining that okay, all these all these um, all these bullets that we found in the victims, they're all from this gun. They're all from this person, and then they started looking into his history. That's when they realized that this person already had he already had several problems with the police. Um, it was only after he threw away his life, um, after he had um, graduated from college, and he started working, and he got into the drug trade instead. Why would you do that? You already had everything going for you. What the fuck? That's what I don't understand. But again, you never know what makes a person's mind tick. That's just what happens, especially this guy, the Midnight Sun Killer. I could go on into detail, but um, I'd rather not gross people out with this stuff. A huge shout out to Rob Gabahan for um, for helping with the research. Uh, very big YouTuber online. You guys should check him out. He goes into far more detail than I ever could. He's got hour-long videos about this. And it, if you're in the mood to be scared, check him out. Because that guy is a terrifying narrator, honestly. That guy's great. There isn't much to talk about in terms of uh, serial killers because the thing is, we, we already know most of the main ones, you know? We already know all the popular ones. I'm talking about the ones that are not as well known. These aren't people who you'll hear in multiple YouTube videos, you know? You, you won't see documentaries on these people and with good reason. Honestly, here's the thing, right? This is an opinion uh, from, from here on out. This is just going to be my opinion. You really shouldn't idolize serial killers the way we do. That's just not a good thing for society as a whole. You need to think about what we're doing. We're gonna put out all this media that glorifies the murderer, and we're gonna have other people with a similar mental state that think, hey, I want a documentary made of me. Why don't I do that? We're gonna put bad ideas in their head, essentially. That's the problem. This episode of the podcast was far shorter than any of the others are. I'm gonna try to do hour long next time, but 30 minutes is an okay cutting off point. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Remember to stay safe. Remember to stay sober. Um, I'm joking. Don't stay sober. You can do what you want. I don't give a shit. But seriously, stay safe out there. It is a crazy world. We're surrounded by nut jobs. And ever since COVID, a lot more crazy people have been coming out. So God only knows what's going to happen 10 years down the line. 10 years down the line, we might see some of the most notorious serial killers. But we won't know that until we get there. So do me a favor and reach that path with me, huh? Why don't you get there with me? Ten years in the future, that's all I ask. After that, you jump off the plane. I don't give a fuck. Do whatever you want. That's going to do it for this episode. If you do know anyone who's very good at online design, let me, uh, let me know. Here's the thing, right? I looked on Fiverr. A lot of these people are okay. They don't charge that much, but... I've had some bad experiences with Fiverr online because I've had, um, I haven't had money stolen per se, but what I do have is I pay for something and it's just not what I wanted. I'd rather work in person with someone so I could, um, so I can give them a good description and I could just see what's going on. I might actually make uh, my own intro for this, um, like my own intro music and background music from net from here on out. I recently got, it's been a month now, but. I got FL Studios and I'm finally getting the gist of it, um, but it is taking a while to make some stuff. 
anyways, I I appreciate all you people who are listening to me because I'm noticing that we're getting a lot more track. What? <laughs> a lot more listeners. And I appreciate every single one of you. I hope that this month, being the spooky month, being October, I hope you guys are enjoying my um, little documentaries, um, me enlightening you people on some things that you just might not have known previously, you know? That's going to do it again for this podcast, and uh, catch you next week. <laughs>